I'm Latana. And I'm Sandra. And this is What, what Are, are we? we? This week, this whole month, honestly, this whole year has just tried our patience. Our damn patience. We are so tired. Sexual harassment might be getting taken seriously. Racism is as alive and as well as ever, and men are still trash. Trash. Like actual dumpster garbage. So in these trying times, we thought we should take some practical steps to help our listeners slash fans slash haters. So we're also adding in an advice segment to the show. All of that in just under 30 minutes. I guess we better get started. So we're tackling a lot of unpleasant stuff here. So instead of diving right in, can we just like ease into it, like up to our knees a little bit? Just like dip a little toe? Just like a small toe. A little toe. It's <laughs> a great idea. You know what? We should tell them about our amazing Halloween couples costume. You mean Kim and Kanye, otherwise known as Kimye? Honestly, we're the hottest couple out there. I feel like pretty secure in saying that we were hotter than actual Kim and Kanye. True, facts only. When we got our pre-party Popeyes poppin', we were definitely getting the looks. It was because I crushed your contour and also your hair dye. Wait, guys, <laughs> guess who dyed my hair? It was Latana, and it looks so good. You, Don't worry, it's not anything crazy. It, I mean, crazy would be awesome, to be honest. But it's just like a darker shade of brown, but she crushed it. Thanks. You also did really well with my Kanye West facial hair makeup situation. Aw, thank you. Yeah. Are you ready to get to the hashtag issues? Let's do it. So, the biggest story happening these days is Harvey Weinstein and his sexual harassment. Um, but... Frankly, when it came time to plan this episode, I just became so tired thinking about covering that whole mess. Um, so I personally have been kind of ignoring like reading in-depth articles and stuff because it's just super tiring to have to think about. And that's not at all to like discredit all of these women who have come forward about Weinstein and also other men. Um, but I just... It's just a lot to deal with. No, like, I totally, I hear you. I totally feel you on that. What about, rather than digging into Harvey Weinstein or Kevin Spacey or the execs from Amazon and Nickelodeon and CBS and even goddamn NPR, perhaps our energy is better spent discussing how to support women in the entertainment industry instead. The men will get what's coming to them, God is willing. I love it. Where should we begin? Ooh, what about with the highest grossing film ever directed by a woman? Would that be Wonder Woman? Are you ready for, like, a rant? I feel like I've gotten, like, the abbreviated version of this rant in, like, various, like, chunks throughout it's true. our I'm friendship. a little vocal about my superhero stuff. But lean in. Oh, I will. <laughs> I will. So, when Wonder Woman came out, I was a little apprehensive because DC has not made a good movie since The Dark Knight Rises came out in 2012. And I'm fairly certain that was 100% Christopher Nolan and 0% the like actual DC like universe guys. Man of Steel, trash. Batman vs. Superman, really trash. And we are not going to actually talk about Suicide Squad because that was a joke. So yeah, I really wasn't like feeling super optimistic about the whole Wonder Woman thing. And, like, plus there was, like, a whole situation with our casting choice. I feel like it would have been, like, a good opportunity to cast someone who had, like, a less-than-conventional body type because Wonder Woman generally is supposed to be kind of, like, super jacked and, like, she didn't really need to be as skinny model-shaped as Gal Gadot is. 
And, like, also there was, like, the whole, like, Israel situation. Yeah, as someone who's not really into superhero movies, I feel like this movie got a lot of press, both good and bad. Like, the good reviews are thing tweets, really. When I'm saying things, I mean tweets. We all know. (laughs) In case you have any new listeners. So all the good tweets I saw were like, oh, this is, like, a great movie, like, whatever, whatever. But then literally all of the negative coverage was because of Gal Gadot and kind of just her politics if you will yeah it was definitely kind of a sticky situation and to like be fair to Gal Gadot she is like incredibly charismatic on screen she's so good looking but anyways I digress Wonder Woman was a great movie because it was a good movie hot take so I don't think it's like one of the best movies I've ever seen in my life but I think that it was an amazing movie because it was the, the way like all superhero movies should be like It had really badass female characters. They were wearing clothes that were not designed for the male gaze. And they were, like, running around getting shit done. Like, it was a movie where you didn't have to worry about whether it was sexist or not because that was never going to be a problem. So you could just focus on how the plot was, like, decent but, like, a little lackluster in places instead. Like, you could just kind of sit down, sit back, and, like, enjoy the ride. I'm not saying, like, do away with all the male superhero movies because... I think most people know that I'm, like, fairly obsessed with Iron Man and I'm loving the new Spidey reboot. Like, they're crushing it. But I just feel like it's really important to get more representation in superhero movies, (laughs) which sounds ridiculous. (laughs) But bear with me, because I feel like in Civil War and even in, like, the last two Avengers movies, there's been, like, two female characters and, like, six or seven, like, super badass, like, male superhero characters. And I'm just, like, as much as I love ScarJo in an action movie... Like, honestly, Black Widow is not that great of a superhero. She's just, like, some random-ass Soviet spy that's defected to the U.S. Like, cool, I'm so glad you can kick and punch, but, like, give me some badass superpower. Like, I want to see you with, like, your fucking lasso of justice, like, getting shit done and tying down men. (laughs) Anyways. Breathe, breathe. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, so while I didn't see Wonder Woman, (gasps) don't at me. <laughs> um, I did see a good tweet, <laughs> um, which I think is really super relevant. And it says, and for the listeners, it is in all caps. Um, it says, No wonder white men are so obscenely confident all the time. I saw one woman here a movie, and I'm ready to fight a thousand dudes barehanded. Like, this is the biggest mood. Women love superhero movies, but the superhero movie industry kind of just like ignores them. And kind of just to get back to the original point. That's, like, why I feel like it's so important that women, well, a woman directed Wonder Woman. The villain was a little bit lame, and it is true that it took me, like, a good half an hour to realize that it was World War One that was happening and not World War Two. Important distinctions. <laughs> They're all wearing helmets. There's, like, explosions <laughs> everywhere. And, like, helmets. And there's still, like, Germans. Like, the Germans are the bad guy. There's, like, mm, it's fair, really fair. confusing. The movie was personally really enjoyable because the director knew how to connect with me. It didn't feel like they were targeting a male audience. It felt like it was meant for me and I was the audience. And that was really nice. I have similar feelings about Black Panther. Woo! woo! <laughs> Cause like like I said before, not a superhero movie person, but like how do I pre order my Black Panther tickets? Like I need an outfit yesterday. Like I need to pick out my seats, like stand in line. Like I'm ready. Like I'm here. 
Um, and, like, I don't know, it's just, like, super fucking awesome seeing a movie, like, superhero or not, but, like, especially a superhero made by and for and starring black people, um, like, Lupita Nyong'o's in this, uh, Michael B. Jordan, (laughs) um, Angela Bassett, like, oh, Chadwick Boseman, um, it's, like, literally, if you Google Black Panther cast, it's, like, every hot black actor and then two white men who were apparently in lord of the rings the (laughs) tolkien white men (laughs) which i can't take credit for that that was apparently a tweet that i personally did not see but it went over very well (laughs) (laughs) a big hit we'll try to find it and rt it on our twitter um this movie is gonna blow all of the stats and facts and figures out of the fucking water because like i've literally only seen positive reactions to like the two now two trailers that have come out i'm really positive that we are not going to be let down when it's released do you know what was a let down what Blade Runner 42069. Oh, God. Listeners, we were disappointed AF. Hot take. So here's the thing. I saw the trailer for the new Blade Runner, and I was like, yes, okay, work. Like, I'm excited. Like, this is going to be good. Like, I'm here. It's like sci-fi. Yeah, I was like, it's sci-fi. It's like really cool colors. It was by the director that Jacket. did Sicario's, <laughs> which like I thought that was like a really great movie. So I was like, great, all good things. So I was like, I should probably watch the original movie first, just because I feel like that would make sense, given that I knew nothing about Blade Runner. Like, I'm not a sci-fi movie person, but it was cool seeing this, like, futuristic sci-fi movie that came out in, I think, the 80s. It was really well done, and it was, like, really ahead of its time, I think. But we went to see the new one, and it was such a letdown. Like, I'm just gonna say it. Ryan Gosling was not hot enough for this role. He did not have the range. Like, all he did was skulk and sulk. And honestly, like, he wore some really cool jackets, but, like, that's literally it. Like, he was the saddest of sad boys. Like, if you're going to stand around looking pretty, like, give me Idris Elba, who can also act, but is also just, like, very I like I like laying my eyes upon his face. Just, like, <laughs> face. Or, like, even young Leonardo DiCaprio. Like, give me someone. Honestly, other than, like, all the sexism, this was definitely my number one complaint for the movie. I just feel like there are, like, two dozen hot Chrises out there who are, like, reasonably talented actors, and, like, we could have gotten one of them instead of, like, frickin' sad boy Ryan Gosling. And also, like, yeah, the movie was just so misogynistic. Like, the main woman in the movie wasn't even real. She was a fucking hologram because Homeboy could not get himself a real human girlfriend. Saddest boy. Like, too sad. Like, go fix yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Do better. The other main woman in the movie was literally just there for sex. Like, she was a sex worker. I don't even think they gave her a name. That was her role. Um, I'm, like, out of breath. (laughs) (laughs) Breathe. The other woman in the movie was this, like, badass scientist type, and she was honestly, I think, probably my favorite character, but she, like, literally lived isolated in a glass orb with no contact to the outside world, which was just really fucked up. Then another woman was, like, super murdery and also, like, very sexual, and then the most, like, okay 
representation of a woman in this movie um, was this, like, super hard-ass police sheriff who was played by Robin Wright. All hail. Yeah, and there's also just, like, a bunch of gratuitous female nudity. There's this one location in the movie that I think is actually Las Vegas, but it's just a ruins, and it's in this, like, expanse. It's just filled with these enormous statues of, like, naked women for, like, literally no reason. Like, it has nothing to do with anything. It's just so weird. Honestly, that was so confusing. I guess I just feel like if you're going to create, like, a futuristic world where you have, like, all the reins and, like, all the control over what you're going to create, like, really you want to make there be, like, these giant naked statues where there's, like, a woman giving, like, an air blowjob. Like, that doesn't make any sense. It's just makes you confused yeah let's just sexualize women extra just for the fun of it just for kicks like i get that it's a dystopian future but like dystopia can be so many different things besides just like oh let's make women extra shitty glad to see the patriarchy is alive and well in the future (laughs) (laughs) and then things that were also you know super relevant to the movie um was this weird sex scene oh my god the sex scene (gasps) so basically what it is is like the ai hologram woman and like the sex worker woman merge into one no one asked for this (laughs) so they merge into one woman and then a sex happens but like this has nothing to do with the plot you didn't move the story yeah the director was like so sorry. Oh, no, this no, is your rant. Me rant is too rant. Because, <laughs> like, literally the director was like, ooh, you want to know what I want in this otherwise fine dystopian future sci-fi movie? Weird hologram series sex. And, I mean, so, like, misogyny aside, or not aside, but, like, don't even get me started on the complete lack of racial diversity. The one person of color in this movie was a stereotypical, like, quote-unquote African dude doing some, like, weird black market shit. You can imagine, like, drones and flying cars and, like, sex holograms, but you can't imagine up people of color in your future. And also, like, this movie took place in, like, a futuristic setting that, like, it was Los Angeles, but, like, visually it seemed to be inspired by major Asian cities and, like, even a lot of the text um, on, like, the billboards and signs and stuff was character languages like it was just like very asian inspired and like influenced by like various cultures in asia but there were no asian people in the movie but it was a very pretty movie <laughs> like the effects were good the cinematography was like honestly really good the coats were very very fashion but tldr blade runner for 2069 was a movie made by a white man the end well first of all Thank you, thank you. And you'd like to drink some water now. (laughs) Yeah, fan yourself up, girl. This is just, I feel like, a great example of the fact that sexism in Hollywood is pervasive. It's, like, considered groundbreaking that a woman directs a blockbuster movie, and meanwhile there's a fucking man over there making a main female character that's literally an AI sex robot. So fucked up. So fucked up. Anyway, the bottom line is go put your money where your mouth is. Go see movies and TV shows and just, like, other arts created by women, starring strong women, um, and the same rules apply for people of color. So to help you, we have created a small list of some projects that we think 
are definitely worth your time, money, energy, etc., etc. Likes, tweets, faves. <laughs> um, TV shows. I love Jane the Virgin, That's although so currently on a hiatus because of being emotionally scarred. Uh, big fan of the Mindy Project, although we all have thoughts, capital T on that one. Uh, Broad City, a delight. Um, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, which for real guys, like, definitely actually do watch it. I was a little suspicious because the title kind of sounds like misogynistic, but it is so hilarious, and it was written and produced by women I googled before I came here, and that is true. <laughs> Chewing Gum, Latana swears by, although I personally can't make it through one full episode without dying of embarrassment. It's so embarrassing, but it's just so funny. Like, it's a fucking riot. And then finally, saving the best for last, Insecure, Get Your Butts Out, season two just ended, the hottest people, the best actors, so funny, everyone has sex, except for me. (laughs) (laughs) So let's on it, let's see those movies. (laughs) Wow, since you asked, I really like um, Girls Trip. It was so good. It's starring Regina Hall, Queen Latifah, and the woman who invented comedy, Tiffany Haddish. I, I, I. Lucky for everyone, though, she's hosting SNL coming up on November 11th, so. Yeah, but is that the one that Taylor Swift is I think so. During? Anyway, Tiffany and I think also Taylor, but you can just, like, mute Taylor's parts and then, like, watch Tiffany's parts as reparations. <laughs> so, next movie on my list <laughs> is Tangerine, which is such a fucking delight, and it stars Katana Kiki Rodriguez and Maya Taylor, who are two super badass trans women of color. Um, it's funny, it's, like, dramatic, there's, like, good acting, it was shot on iPhones, which is, like, super cool. Um, Hidden Figures, great movie. Love women in STEM. I have Lemonade on my list, even though some people in this room do not think that it counts as a movie no comment but it you yep take no it comment to the dms i just think that's an incorrect classification lemonade great great hour-long feature sandra recently discovered send it like beckham <laughs> it's so good but plot twist not a lesbian movie as both my mother and i had previously remembered because we hadn't seen it in 10 years. Yeah. And it's also an indie film. I didn't realize. It's Kieran Knightley's breakout role. I had no idea. Yeah. Um, Well, (laughs) that was kind of an emotional roller coaster. Like, I feel like I was empowered and then I was, like, kind of sad and then I was, like, empowered again. Talk about emotional labor. I am literally so tired. Oh, my God. Speaking of emotional labor, I saw the most hilarious reductress post the other day. Oh, my God. Beyonce blessed reductress. My life is just one big reductress article. Headline, woman decides it's too much labor to describe the concept of emotional labor. Oh, my God. That's too true. Having to explain to every single guy what emotional labor is just so I don't have to be the one doing all the emotional labor in the relationship is an irony that is not lost on me. We should probably talk about like how we would classify it. Yeah. So I guess I generally think of labor as like physical, right? Like, I mean, you can also get tired mentally and emotionally, you know, like if you're in like a relationship and if you're a woman in a relationship with a man, you're the one that's always like buying toilet paper and like making sure the house is clean. And like, if you have kids, like taking care of the kids, going grocery shopping and like 
your male partner is like not thinking ahead 24 7 the way you are like they're like the toilet paper fairy has arrived right like <laughs> oh thank god my laundry has replenished. <laughs> like wow the bathroom's just always clean like that's so uncanny it's like you're free of the burden of emotional exactly labor. like you if don't you don't have to think yeah like if you don't have to think about these things you're benefiting from someone else's emotional yeah. i also think another part of it is women are like trained from a very young age to be able to comfort their male counterparts and to like make them feel better and to like build up their egos that's not really seen men building up women I mean obviously there are men that build up women and they are terrific and like great thank you so much but like teach all your other men to do that so women don't have to be like sad and tired and also teaching men to like make them feel better and like make them less tired oh god I'm just like so tired thinking of like talking about this and like another thing too is like race shit like I as a black woman like shouldn't have to explain to like other people why you can't just touch my hair I shouldn't have to like be on guard and extra nice and polite to you so that you don't think like all black people are like angry or like you know like I need to be like the one like docile black person that you meet so that you don't have like a bad stereotype of like all the rest of us like shit like that like it's just so exhausting I I feel like if you are a white person and you feel like you understand how to explain to other white people about why a specific thing could be considered racist like that's your job like yo listen it gets really exhausting when people touch someone's hair all the time (laughs) and like makes them feel like their hair is not as normal as your hair like don't do that shit I've reached slash like am reaching a point in my life where I'm like done explaining things to people and like doing I think that's totally fair. Yeah, like energy in this economy, like my <laughs> Who energy. Can afford it? <laughs> I have to ration it out. Like in the morning I have like a mm-hmm. hundred energies, right? And like by the end of the day I will have like two energies. So I need to like pick and choose where those energies go. Better. Engage with the discourse. Come you might learn people. something. Don't be a trash Do human. Better. You know, everyone has room for growth, room True. for improvement. So I will admit, I am only 5'2". <laughs> Lots of room for growth. I have so much room for growth. <laughs> you that I was a savage. Fuck your white horse in a carriage. But you never could imagine. Never thought you could have it. You need me. This episode has been pretty happy. Oh, God, I know. We should take a break. What about a quick foray into fashion? Mm, very French. Oui. I would be so honored. What were you thinking? What is your favorite and least favorite fashion trend? Honestly, one of my favorite recent fashion trends is millennial pink slash blush because I am a millennial. Mm-hmm. My least favorite trend will have to be flared jeans. Next. <laughs> My favorite fashion trend right now is, like, all the crushed velvet and satin everywhere. Which often comes in millennial pink. An additional bonus. I love it. (laughs) I love it. But I would say my least favorite trend right now and also ever is camo. And, like, especially, like, non-green camo. I'm kind of like, what's the point of pink camo? Like, trying to blend into a Victoria's Secret. <laughs> Don't really know. We're not trying to blend into like the trees. No. Our, our producer made lives. a pretty good joke earlier. She did. Should we say? It? <laughs> yes. She was like, it's so it's appropriating military <laughs> culture. <laughs> I do feel a little bit better, but, like, you just know the world is so fucked up when you have to, like, 
force yourself and like schedule in like a little like laugh break. Anyways, this is a not great segue. <laughs> did a bad job here. But our next segment is men are trash still because they don't learn it hasn't changed they're still trash Trash, since the last time we did this segment (laughs) i am shocked hate to break it to you guys i'm horrified anyway so to refresh your memory last episode we recounted a tale of horror from the business casual advice column ask a manager again the guy wrote in being like oh no, I'm sad or nervous because this girl that I ghosted is now going to be my boss. He didn't ghost her. They'd been together for like years, like two years and living together. And then one day he decided he didn't want to be with her anymore. And he just like packed up his shit while she was away at Christmas visiting her family and he moved out without telling her. We will now hit you with the update. These are the, this is the highlight reel. He didn't have to respond and we acknowledge and appreciate that. Like I guess. That said... So, he said, I am sorry for not engaging with your readers, but given the toxicity of many commenters, I did not see much sense in doing it. He just, like, basically is, like, throws jabs at the readers the whole time, and, like, it doesn't matter because, spoiler alert, guys, he quits his job because he's basically forced to, and now he's, like, unemployed and moving back to his, like, family's house. Great. (laughs) So... First, he's, like, all salty, and he's, like, those who blame me for ruining Sylvia's life for good were wrong. And then he's, like, mad because she's, like, married and thriving with kids and is, like, his like boss. living her best life, <laughs> and like it's also going to fuck up his entire it. shit. <laughs> and so he's, like, I reached out to her, blah, blah, blah. And then I also, like, sent a quick message to HR just being, like, listen, like, we used to have a relationship. And so the next morning, he gets, like, a call from, like, the head of HR asking to meet with him as soon as possible. And so he meets with the HR guy with his ex-girlfriend that day. And then he says, as you can imagine, this meeting was incredibly embarrassing for me personally and professionally. I just, like, have no sympathy for this trash human. Fortunately, unlike some of your readers hope, they did not think the past failed relationship was a sackable offense. But apparently they, like, said the only way that this can be professional is if you, like, do this list of rules. And he said, it would make my position unattainable even in the short run. Therefore, I resigned on the spot and my resignation was accepted, which is amazing. Okay, this is the best part. (laughs) In summary, as many of those self-righteous people on the internet hoped, that was us, guys. That was us. That was literally us. I came out of this with no job. No severance and no prospect for another job in this city. Obviously, I have to leave as I need to make a living. I will be shortly moving back home for several months to work as a substitute teacher. (laughs) Anyways, thank God the ask manager person wrote back and was like, how did Sylvia seem? Like, what do you mean? Like, the measures they tried to impose were too harsh. And he was like, blah, blah, blah. Who cares about Sylvia? Basically was his response. And then he was like, I found out later that her husband comes from a prominent family here. Everyone knows them. Nepotism is prevalent in this culture and family status really matters. He would not be criticizing nepotism had he not fucked up his whole life. Like, if he, you know, like, dealt with his, like, emotions like a mature adult, like, and he and Sylvia were, like, maybe still together, like, he would obviously be, like, reaping those benefits, you know? Like, he wouldn't be like, uh, I have this awesome job, but, like, fuck nepotism. Like, fuck, I just, like... DJ Khaled voice, congratulations, you played yourself. You played your damn self. (laughs) Well, I have something that will light us up even more, because, you know, we are not already just, like, angry. Can we use 
use the term lit like in an angry way. So basically, there's another advice column um, in Essence called Ask Abiola with Abiola Abrams. And the headline is Intimacy Intervention. My husband uses racial slurs during sex. Are you fucking kidding me? It's a clickbaity headline, but don't worry. It delivers. Oh my God. It says, a newlywed whose white husband calls her the N-word during sex feels disgusted, oh betrayed, and ashamed and isn't sure how to make it stop. Oh my God. <sighs> Are we ready? <laughs> Listeners, buckle buckle in your seatbelts. Grab your closest security blanket. Right? Like... Get a snack. Do what you need to do. Uh, It says, Dear Abiola, my man keeps calling me a, quote, nigger bitch during sex, and I hate it. What? A black woman has been married to her white husband for a year, and basically he first used a racial slur in bed the night of their honeymoon. (gasps) He was, like, waiting. He, He was waiting. He had a plan. He executed his plan. So she starts off by being like, my rich white husband, like he whines me, he dines me. He's not like any of the black men that I've dated in the past, which is, there's like levels to this. Great, great. And so it's like, okay, whatever. Like you're living your like happy fantasy life or like you were until he like called you the N word. And so like she confronted her husband about this and his response was, oh, like other black women that I've dated in the past, like liked this um it says that another time he joked that he had purchased her freedom um he made a he speculated about whether his family could have owned her family because she has quote good hair what basically he's super racist and this woman is like um question for everyone like is this like a normal thing to happen in interracial relationships like i don't want to leave my husband i just like don't want to have sex with him anymore because of this and it's like like throw the whole husband out like control i'll delete this whole relationship like he is canceled everything like take him out in the trash like not even the recycling like you can't salvage this shit the relationship (laughs) um so i just love the response to this because i feel like miss abrams does a great job of like girl get your entire life in order but like is very constructive so basically she starts off by saying that there's nothing about this situation that is okay which is true True. so the author or the um woman who wrote in is like so concerned she's like if i she's like i can't leave my husband because if i leave him like i can't like keep up my lifestyle anymore and abiola is like so you're worried about maintaining your lifestyle like let's talk about maintaining your sense of self First off, this woman should be like, hmm, maybe I don't like being called racial slurs in bed. And just like, how much money is worth someone like using such demeaning language? Right, someone who's supposed to lift you up. Like, it would be one thing if this was like a consensual thing that they had discussed previously and they were like into. And Abiola mentions a black sex educator named Melina Williams, who is an expert on race play. So, like, if they had like, I don't know, like, done some research and like, they could do this in a way that, like, everyone was comfortable with. That's one thing. But obviously, like, that, that was not the case. Yeah, so she says that there's no way to feel safe while being reminded of the subjugation of your ancestors during vulnerable moments when you have clearly asked him to stop. Um, the brunt of this piece is, like, you need to get your life in order, love yourself, like, have some more self-worth. That's real bad. 
I mean, people have their reasons for staying in relationships, but it's like, if this man did this to you on your honeymoon, like, again, like, he came with a plan. Like, he... Yeah. He, like, waited until she was trapped. Exactly. I don't know. It's it's just so fucked up. Like, cancel the whole husband. Like, unsubscribe. That's that. (laughs) Well, I suppose that that confirms my belief that men are trash. Yeah. Between Ibiola Abrams and also my girl Mallory Orberg, catch yes. her on Slay Guys, the best part of my week. Yes. I think we too could become advice givers. Right? Like that time I gave you boy advice that you did not take and it ended up <laughs> not going spectacularly. <laughs> oh, which time was that? Oh, wait. Or like that time that I gave you boy advice that you did not take and it also ended up quite poorly okay you know what it's fine we both everyone makes mistakes (laughs) so basically we are already professionals which is why we're here to help you because we're really good at advice and taking it and giving it send us your qualms to what are we pod at gmail.com slide into our dms we have a twitter we don't have an Instagram. We do have we an have Instagram. A, it's it's under construction. We have an Instagram <laughs> under construction. So lucky for all of us, we already have a listener, a fan in need of assistance. Oh my god, I'm ready to assist. So, um, a listener sent us a dating question, and he asks, "quote What is the optimal length of time of a conversation on Tinder, Bumble, whatever before it moves to text? Is there a too soon to ask for a phone number or date?" Sincerely, texting in Texas, even though this person is not Texas-based, but, you know, it works. Um, and now we're going to answer this question. I'm ready. <laughs> there are different kinds of relationships that you're looking for are Tinder and Bubble. And so I would say that there's definitely instances where I don't ever really feel like I need to give someone my number. Like, if I'm like, I only want to meet up with this person, like, one time for drinks. <laughs> You know, I feel like maybe not, like, super necessary, but I do think, like, if this is someone that I've been communicating with, it gets, like, really annoying, and I'm really bad at remembering to check my Tinder slash Bumble slash whatever. I think I'm generally in the same boat. I guess my, I don't have, like, a hard, like, it's been two weeks, so now we're gonna do the numbers or, like, go out in person or whatever thing, but I just feel like I don't check the apps, like, as often as, like, I check my like text messages so I think yeah like if it gets to a point where it's like we've been having a conversation there's back and forth like I'm just gonna be like just like here's my number for both like numbers and dating I think it's just like see what feels right like I think it also depends too on like what you're looking for from the situation like if you're looking for like a one night stand or just like a like strictly a hookup or whatever then like if I think the sooner you ask then like that's kind of like the vibe that is given off but if you've been like having like a conversation like not strictly sexual and then you like ask for a number a date I think that can convey something different but classic Libra my advice is just like do what feels right like you know they're both like fine I would say the one interesting piece of Tinder data that I know 
is that there is some statistic that I just tried to do a quick Google search on and couldn't quite find. <laughs> but I'm fairly certain it's like if within the first like two days of like Tinder messaging, you don't like give numbers or make a coffee date, like the chances of you actually going and like meeting them in real life lunges. It just like goes really? from like very likely to like very unlikely. So I would say that if you really do like someone and they're like being responsive, as long as you're not like immediately like, hi, you're cute, like let's get drinks. That's like, oh, you're just trying to fuck. Don't like be super upfront about it, but like definitely keep in mind, like if you don't get to it in two or three days, it might not happen. So just like jump in, go yeah, for lean it. Lean in. But listener. don't be creepy about it. <laughs> <laughs> If you like what you hear, please, please subscribe to us. As always, we are on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and the headphones of that girl in front of you on the Metro. You can also find us on Twitter at WhatAreWePod, where we will fill your feed with more excellent dating advice. <laughs> well, I'm Sandra Markowitz. <laughs> and I'm Latana Obadozzi. Love you. Bye. Bye.